Welcome, welcome, welcome to She Well Red. Welcome back. I'm making hand gestures. <laughs> like, emphasizing. I, yeah, very emphasizing jazz hand-esque hand gestures. <laughs> we love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Alana Bowman. I'm Samra Michael. I think we forget to sometimes introduce ourselves at the beginning of episodes. That's okay. Here we are. Here we are. We're still the same people <laughs> guiding you through. Text me when you get home. Yes, yes. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about chapter two, Mean Girls and Nice Girls. Ooh. Um, which honestly, going into this chapter, I had a different perspective of what she was actually going to talk about in this chapter. And then I read it and I was like, ooh. I agree. Like, wow. Did not. I, but I found myself doing that a lot in this book. Like, wow, I really never thought about it like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She's got a unique perspective. She really does. And it makes you think about your own. True. Kind of opens your your gates, if you will. Oh, those pearly gates. <laughs> okay, maybe not those gates, because that means you're dead. You oh, died to your old ignorant self. Oh. You have moved on to um, the enlightened female friendship self. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Mm. All right. So, do you want to start this chapter um. on your thoughts? Wow. Wow. Well, to start, she uses Mean Girls as an example, the movie. Oh my gosh, I cried laughing at this quote. (laughs) Gretchen, (laughs) I'm sorry I laughed at you that time you got diarrhea in Barnes & Noble, and I'm sorry I told everyone about it, and I'm sorry for repeating it now. (laughs) Karen in Mean Girls. I can just imagine the scene because it's like after like they did the whole fire alarm thing and like everybody's fighting and they come in the jail and they're like all confessing Aww. to all their different things. That was um that was a moment. That was intense. <laughs> <laughs> it was that wild. random girl who just wants everyone to hug and yeah like eat flowers and something barf rainbows or something yeah it was interesting to say the least i love tina fey same and amy poehler Mm. that that duo itself is like mm, comedy gold right Mm. i think we can all agree on that yeah and then like how she begins this chapter how do i even begin to explain renee tarwater i'm really hoping i said that last name right but I was like, who is that? Like, I was thinking, because you started mm-hmm. with the movie quote, I was like, who is that from the movie? But, you know, the more you read, <laughs> the more you find out about who this person actually is. I would hate for my name to be Renee Tarwater. Tarwater? Mm-hmm. I would just hate for me to be called out for being that girl in high school. Right. Like, it's kind of like labeling, like, who? Because that's literally what I put in my notes. Who was your Renee Tarwater? Ooh. But also, I feel like um, she like at the end by the end of the chapter, like she knows. Yeah, like she gets it, and I think I think that's another way of looking at it. Like, yes, she may have been that way in high school, or was it high school or middle school? High school. So just to keep y'all updated on what we're talking about, Renee. Wait, no, 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 no. This was middle school. Oh, was it? Yeah. But it does it extend into high school? Maybe is that. Who is that? That's definitely Scar. <laughs> she's trying to escape. Mm, per usual. Well, she's crying. Everyone, if you don't know, Scar is one of Samra's cats. Poor baby. We had to put her in a room because she likes to come and mess with the equipment. Yeah, we can't have that. So if you hear random... <laughs> sad meowing. <laughs> sad meowing in the background. Shout out to Scar. Right. Shout out to Scar. She's putting her input in on Renee Darwater. 
she seems to have strong feelings <laughs> about her. Right. It's all right. It's but okay. Renee is the popular girl, the most popular girl. Right. In our author's school, mm-hmm. middle school, apparently. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure we can all think of, you know, someone in our high school that was known for being that girl, the mm-hmm. it girl, you could say. Right. No, I have... I have vivid memories from middle school of three of the girls that I was like, oh my gosh, like I want to be friends with them because if the I'm coolest. friends with them, I'm going to be like just magically so cool and like get to hang out with all these people that I wouldn't get to hang out with normally. Ooh. Um, right. We feel like these people like are, um, they're holding something that we don't have, mm-hmm. especially as young people. We get really obsessed. Yes, we definitely like deep dive into these people and it's like, what are the things that they possess that we don't possess that we want to have that if we were in relation with them, we would like magically get. Which is like now looking back, I'm like, wow, I I, <laughs> I legit thought that's how it worked. Like I it didn't really make thought sense. it didn't. It didn't click to us. It didn't until like it happened. Like I, I became friends with those three girls Ooh. and you know, everything wasn't as bright as it seemed. Oh, no. Like, once you got in and you realize, like, what these people were dealing with in their actual, like, day-to-day and home lives and, like, really get to know, like, what they're going through as people, you get to see, like, not everything that glitters is gold. Wow. Which I think is what Kayleen was getting into in this chapter was, like, you know, she had this vision of who Renee was and what Renee's life was based on the things that she saw and the things that she witnessed. And then they meet years later and she's like, you know, if I could go back and read Renee Sisters, if I could go back Mm. and change a lot of things and like not do some of the like, you know, kind of mean girl tendencies that I did when I was like that age, Mm -hmm. I would totally not do it. But, you know, I think that comes with maturity. Like there's a lot of things I'm sure all of us wish we could go back and like change and not do. But what I've started thinking is that's kind of what shapes us to the people we are today. Like, if those experiences wouldn't have happened, who would we be today? That's a thought. It's like when they do, like, those little comedies and they'll do, like, a flashback episode. If Mm -hmm. this hadn't happened, where would everyone be? And it's, like, completely different. Right. Like, I think of that Friends episode. Y'all are going to hear me talking a lot of Friends references because... That's what I was thinking of. Yeah, because that episode... They do... I think they do it a couple times. Yeah, they did it a couple times. Probably why we remember, but... Yeah, but I think of the time when, um, you know, Rachel did marry Barry and, you know, like... Oh, and she was so unhappy. She was so unhappy. Yeah. And, like, to think, like, Rachel went, th- for those who don't know the show, Rachel is some a character who she grew up on, like, the Upper East Side of New York. I don't know if it was really the Upper East Side, but I think of Gossip Girl, and so I'm like, I'm going to say the Upper East Side. Okay. <laughs> um, but basically, she grew up wealthier, and pretty much everything handed down to her, mm-hmm. and she was about to marry this guy to where, like, she would be a housewife and you know wouldn't really want for anything he was like a dentist orthodontist or something yeah and then on her wedding day she realizes that she's not actually in love with this man and she doesn't actually want to marry him Mm -hmm. and like realizes what she was actually doing it for and kind of freaks out and that's kind of how friends start she goes back to her high school best friend monica wow it's such a good story it is a really good story and she kind of like she cuts off you know 
her wealthy parents like she doesn't rely on them anymore and she literally starts from the ground up Mm -hmm. and as the series goes on she becomes this like grown independent woman who can do things for herself and you know gets the dream job that she would have always wanted and you know didn't need those um materialistic things as much as she thought she did wow so the flashback is if she actually did go down that road and it Mm -hmm. showed like how unhappy she would have been and i really she ends up cheating or something yeah like on the verge of cheating or whatever one of the friends yeah with one of the friends who Mm -hmm. she wasn't friends with because you know whatever yeah domino effect happened but what i really liked what the writers did there is they weren't like you know if she would have married this man she would have been happier mm-hmm. than if she would have had to struggle right um, so I was really appreciative of that and I think that comes with a lot of things that happened in the maybe mid to late 90s kind of that revolution that feminist revolution kind of kicked in and started of you know you didn't see on tv just the the normal female friendship but you know they're not actually friends and they're just trying to get the guy and blah yes. blah, blah, blah it showed like real hardship as women mm-hmm. and how they got through it together how they supported right. each other through right. whatever you know mishap right. happened that episode or whatever right and not everything was always great they fought just like everybody else does but like they made up at the end of the day mm-hmm. which you know sometimes can happen and sometimes doesn't speaking of like i guess feelings that we all had in middle school and high school there's this one part where um, Kayleen talks about Megan Abot, which I actually read some of her books back in the day. You hey, know, Simba, Simba, sit, Sam. Simba, sit. <gasps> good boy, good Precious. boy. Sorry if y'all heard that in the background. Simba. That's Simba, who is one of Samra's other animals. <laughs> her dog, well, Julia's dog, her roommate's dog. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what you hear walking. Around. Sorry, we have a lot of animals here at the set. Honestly, we should have introduced them <laughs> from Honestly, the beginning. Probably. I'm sure y'all have heard them in the background of our podcast. Yes, yeah, so if all of a sudden you start hearing random noises, it's probably one of the animals. So or Kim or Kim. <laughs> just beware animal or man right <laughs> he said what's the difference i'm so weak okay anyways never <laughs> back to what you're saying um icky so <laughs> something i thought was interesting i'm actually gonna do a different point since i feel like it all goes hand in hand mm-hmm. um it was talking about wise men who let's see she wrote a book called Queen Bees and Wannabes um, that came out in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. And um, there's actually another book called Odd Girl Out, The Hidden Culture of Aggression in Girls. And this is on page 53, Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, where these uh, psychologists and researchers are actually trying to figure out why this is such a common um, problem in schools is like why are these girls lashing out to the point where you know they're being called bullies Mm -hmm. um what they named this like form of aggression was a relational aggression and that was coined in the 90s yeah yeah i pointed that out in my notes i was like "Ooh, that's such a cool point that i'd never heard of relational aggression like there's actually science behind Mm -hmm. it and it makes sense you know looking back we were going through a lot of like 
changes in our lives. Hormones were raging wild. And right. Like, people, what's that? What's that show called? Um, oh, Big Mouth. Big Mouth. Literally, literally like Big Mouth. That's what we, I feel like Big Mouth is so It's actually relatable pretty accurate. Because it's so, right. It's so accurate. We've all been there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, keep going. Um, yeah, so anyway, um, girls weren't likely to have fistfights or slam anyone's head against a locker, but researchers found that they would shut out a best friend who displeased them or say nasty things about her behind her back. Mm. And, you know, I've been there in a situation where, you know, we're talking about someone who we also call our friend Mm -hmm. you know back in high school or back in middle school Mm -hmm. and just like this unnecessary negative talk about someone who didn't need that in their lives you know I think about and I I don't I don't want to um take away from you know how unnecessary and awful that is Mm -hmm. but it's kind of making me realize that like you said, there's some science behind this. It's not just girls wanting to be mean. I think it kind of goes into where, like, that relational aggression comes in. With, because, okay, so for those who don't know what relational aggression is, it's a type of aggression in which harm is caused by damaging someone's relationships or social status. So, like... Yeah, that's a good way to sum that up. Um, thanks to Wikipedia. Yay. <laughs> um, uh, so, basically... You know, how kind of like in Mean Girls, when Regina George was dating her boyfriend, what was his name? Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Sanders. Is that, is that his name? I think so. Yeah, Aaron Sanders. And, you know, they had broken up or whatever, and Regina wasn't over it. Mm-hmm. But then Katie Heron comes along and is like, oh my gosh, like, I think Aaron Sanders is so hot, and like, blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, Regina wants him back just because she doesn't want to feel like her power position is being put up by someone else or like whatever so that's kind of that relational aggression coming in like that natural instinct of like I don't know just just because you have it like I don't want you to have it so Mm. I'm gonna do something to mess with it like this ownership yeah kind of like an ownership that you really don't have yeah we're all none of these people are in any way you know ours to claim and that's something that we get mad at men about is like mm. oh that's my girl like you know she, which to an to an extent to an extent to an it's extent, a double-edged sword it is a double-edged sword because like to an extent like if i'm talking to somebody mm-hmm. and you know for whatever reason it doesn't work out or pan out and then you start talking to my friend or like trying Ooh, to talk to my friend because uh, my friends will be like, nah, you just tried to talk to my sis. Absolutely not. Girl code. Um, this has happened. It has happened on many. Like, I don't. OK, this is a moment where I want our male listeners or if you have a boyfriend, like ask him about this. And I want a genuine answer. Please send them in to shewellreadqa at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Plugging per usual. Um, but anyway, like. What makes y'all think that's okay? Like, mm. granted, most of the time, like, it happens is when you didn't even date the person at the end of the day. If but you like, were talking to some man. Right, and, and like, you he... know, we have this whole generation of, like, the talking stage. Like, that didn't used to be a thing. And now we have this thing called the talking stage that can last for who knows how long. 
And then it's like you were basically in a relationship. You just Ooh, never put the title on it. Yeah, you're and right. And then it, they try to justify and try to say, oh, well, we never dated or anything like that. We just talked. And it's like, okay, but still, like, what did you talk How about during that talking phase? How much time effort and, and effort, feeling right, and right, emotion right, was right. put into that talking phase? Right. Whatever it is. Right. Exactly. Right. So I'm really passionate about this. <laughs> it's upsetting to, I think, all everyone in our generation <laughs> literally like i don't think anyone actually enjoys the talking phase but we've all just accepted that it's a thing yeah which is like not cool to, not, in I'm my per- in my personal opinion like do i put up with it yes do i enjoy it no it's just so vague like what is a talking stage right you could be dating through your talking stage you know right you could have never met for like months and still be talking exactly so we want to hear from you guys what is a talking stage in your opinion mm. and what's the boundaries when it comes to when you talk to someone and now they're trying to talk to your friend like what are the actual rules like what is there like, a what time is, period that they should wait yeah is there it's like six a, months is it even okay to begin with oh. is there a girl code for that period like my girl code is if you talk to my friend i'm not talking to you because it my personal it's weird to me yeah because it's like well you wanted my friend first and now i'm kind of leftovers in a sense because you couldn't get with her so now you're trying to get with me right and you know i just want to i want to hear the opinions on that one it is very interesting to me it is and i think each situation is different and I'm also a person where I'm like, you know, that was four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so things have changed. You've changed and you've changed. Right. Right. But I'm still here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> here so I it am. depends on the person. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'd like to hear what your opinions are. Right. Let us know. Please. ChillRedQA at gmail.com. Okay. And going back to this relationship aggression or relational aggression we were talking about just a few minutes ago. Um, several large cross-cultural studies and meta-analysis have found no gender differences in mm. relation relational aggression. So that kind of just goes to show you, like, all the times that we as women were like, oh, boys, like, you're so aggressive, you're so mean, there's no need for you to get violent, like, all these things. Like, we were dealing with it in our own way mm-hmm. and didn't even have a name to put on that except like mean girls literally that's what it became it's mean girls it's just a a label you stick and it almost in my opinion makes it okay to be one Mm. a mean girl you know like i don't know if watching mean girls made any girls be like i want to be that but I feel like there's some appeal to it, being the mean girl who's in power. Right, right. And kind of going back to the whole mean girls phrase, um, I was reading in the book, it's a back, the phrase mean girls is backlash to the feminist movement that started in the 90s. Like, I had no idea that that's how mean girls even started. Like, it's supposed to be something like negative. Mm. And it continues to be something negative until, you know, we change the narrative. They've tricked us. Right. (laughs) Um, and to be honest, we all have our mean girl tendencies. Yes, that's true. I can own up that I have some mean girl tendencies. Am I working on it? Yes. Mm, What are your mean girl tendencies, Lana? Tell us. (laughs) To be honest, like I can't even coin it 
if that makes sense. But like, it's just something you know, like when you, you start feeling nicer, so, or I could have been nicer in that situation. I could have thought about yeah. their feelings more in that situation. Mm, it's always looking back that you're like, yeah. wow, like you didn't realize you were doing it at the moment. That could have been better. Yeah, but like, and I'm not saying this is something like that, you know recently like oh i was a total mean girl to this person or blah 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 blah. it could be so something mean. small and simple that i did that i was like mm, that was kind of mean and i could have definitely handled that situation better I you know agree. what i mean like we're not perfect right we're all working on ourselves but well, we all sense. have these mean girl tendencies whether mm. you know a mean girl tendency that i have been working on and have gotten better with is venting Oh. how venting can quickly turn into just talking about somebody when you're frustrated about whatever they did. <laughs> I mean, isn't that what venting is for? I mean, yes, but to an extent, it gets to a point where you're just talking about that person. Oh, fair enough. Like, at, like at the beginning, you're like, oh my gosh, she did this and I'm so mad about it and da-da-da-da and this is how I feel. Mm. And then remember when she did X, Y, and Z and like you just go down this rabbit hole of you're just starting to talk about them at that point. Fair like you're enough. not even talking about the point you came to vent about anymore mm -hmm. you're talking about everything in between it's evolved it's evolved into and something so, much darker right and so me recognizing and so most of the time like when I when it would happen I wouldn't even notice that I was doing it mm -hmm. until I sat back and I was like mm, I really shouldn't have said those things and I honestly didn't mean them in the moment and I was just upset Right. And your anger gets the best of you in that moment. And right. And then trying to kind of come back and be like, okay, when I am venting, I need to purely be venting about this situation. And you know, there is no such thing as healthy venting. Like, hey, I went through this situation. I'm really upset about it. She made me, or he made me feel blah, 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 blah. And you're genuinely trying to get advice. I think that's the whole point of venting to someone about it. Like, at the end of the day, yes, they're supposed to be listening to, like, your concerns and trying to see how you feel. But at the end of it, if you don't get a positive way on how to handle the situation, it wasn't venting. That was just a talking session. I don't know, though. Because venting, sometimes that's all you need is just to talk about it. That's true. Just, like, let it all out. And maybe nothing can be done, you know? Mm, that is that is true. You're right. But you feel You're better right. just letting it out and not holding that whatever it is in true there are times when that can happen mm -hmm. but the caveat is if you come back talking about it again mm. that wasn't just something you needed to get out that's something you needed to get out and figure out how to handle because if you come back and talk about it again it means it's still bothering you that's true that is true so I, I get your point that is a good point if you just talk about it that one time and like you're over it or whatever that's yeah. cool but yeah. if you're continuously talking about it that's a problem yeah, something needs to change. Right. Like, <laughs> something I learned at work um, at this session that I went to was a project, like, a project has an ending. If you don't have an ending to a project, then it's a job. Oh. So it's kind of like venting. Like, huh. if you're venting, there's an end to it. If you're talking about someone, it's a continuous thing, and that's not venting anymore. You're right. You're right. And you can add fuel to the fire by going to that one friend who you know will not only let you talk about it, but will add, like, you know, yeah. fuel to your fire.
fire. Right, because us friends, we're like, we're, there's an element of hyping you up, too. Like, like yes, yes, I can't believe she did that to you. And wait, there's more. Right, there's always that, and wait, there's more. And then you get even more mad about the situation And then it becomes bonding. Right, it's like a, a bonding. In ex- an evil a, way. Yes, a negative bonding experience. There are such things as a negative Toxic bonding. bonding. Toxic, ooh, <laughs> new phrase, toxic bonding. That sounds like something in a chemistry experience and experiment or something i'm so weak okay but back to what we're actually talking about going back to renee renee the mean girl from um our authors yes our authors (laughs) childhood experiences um she says that after meeting renee in los angeles so they met um, like right before she was about to release this book and she got the chance to write about it. Mm-hmm. Meeting um, later in life. Yes. So they um, they took a few minutes and like realized that they had a lot in common, which, you know, I think that happens when you grew up in the same area. Mm-hmm. Whatever like differences you thought you had in that moment, um you realize it's something that could they're have really you. Neat. Yeah, not only that, but, like, they're really small, mm. you know? Like, the big things are, I guess, like, certain things about your lifestyle, how you grew up. Mm-hmm. And if you grew up in the same area, then it usually is kind of similar. Like, you've got a lot to talk about. Right. I feel like I find that with people in my high school that came back, um you know, back to Birmingham or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I thought we were really different four years ago, but now that all of the extra nonsense is out of the way, mm-hmm. I find that like, you know, we're all very similar. I don't know if it has to do with growing up in the same area or just like a certain vibe that was in Hoover, can I say that? <laughs> yes, I think you can say Hoover. People won't come try to stalk you or anything. Okay, great. Um, yeah, Hoover. LOL. TBT. Um, yeah, it was good times. And, you know, you you all got... <laughs> we all, I think, had very similar experiences looking back. Mm-hmm. You know, even though in the moment we all thought we were so different. And right. And I think that comes with, you know... Th- I feel like, yeah, and mm-hmm. back in that time, is you wanted to be different. You didn't want to be like everybody. To an extent, you wanted to be like everybody else, but you wanted to have that uniqueness about yes. you that made you different yes. from everybody else. Yes, you wanted to be in the box, but like... Have your outlier outside of the box. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird time. It was a... It, man, when I think back to middle school days, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you. God, I grew. <laughs> like, I can't. Like, if I was the same person that I was in middle school. I can't believe we acted like that. Right. Cringe. Cringe. Literal cringe. I, I don't know how teachers can watch it go down every year after year. No, the no. same petty the drama. Same thing. But it, that, again, it comes with years of experience. You learn how to deal with those things. And that True. comes in like those are very formative years. Like when yeah. it goes down, it affects you. It does. It it really does. It carries with you, which I think it talks about a lot in this chapter. That stuff carries with you past middle school, past high school, past whatever. Ooh. Like you take those experiences with you, and it's. I feel like it's all about mm. how you choose to handle them. Right, because I think this actually that's the next chapter. So I won't go into that. But stay tuned. 
Um, But with her meeting Renee later in life, something that I took from that is sometimes it takes space and time to be able to have any type of relationship ever again with someone. Wow. Because that's deep. Because there's a point in your life where you're like, I never want to have anything to do with person X ever again, like ever. Yeah. But then you let time and you let space happen Mm -hmm. and naturally you mature and you're like, you know what? And you move on. And you move, either you move on or you stay in the past. And I'm a huge proponent of the move on feature, which moving on doesn't even, (laughs) moving on doesn't even. I like that feature. (laughs) That's my favorite. Um, Which moving on doesn't even mean like you, like forgiveness. I'm huge on forgiveness, but that doesn't mean you forget what happened. Yes. Because at the end of the day, that experience taught you something and mm-hmm. you should not throw that lesson away. Right. It's even if you become cool with that person again, like mm-hmm. that doesn't negate the stuff that happened before. Right. Like you still remember, like, yes, they might say they changed as a person, but you know me, actions speak louder than words. If you show me you're a changed person, then I'll believe you. But if you're starting to do some of the same things that I started not to be friends with you in the first place about. Wow. Then I should be able to pick up on it quicker. Mm. than when we were friends the first time. Agreed. Because Agreed. I've already been through this. It's like a cycle. Fool me once. When do you, right? Yes. When do you stop the cycle? <laughs> yes. And I think that you can honestly teach people how to be better friends. Yes. At least to you because you know what you need and you mm-hmm. know what you dislike in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So if you're picking up on certain things that are happening and you can see it happening continuously, you can mm-hmm. kind of maybe have a conversation Um, And just kind of talk about that one area that's bugging you. Mm -hmm. And so maybe that's something that the other person will look out for in their other relationships or just yours. If that's the only. Yeah. If it's a you thing. Yeah. Which happens when that's okay, because we're also different at the end of the day. Um, But yeah, like we have so much more in common than we think sometimes. Like, especially, you know, she talks about that at the end of the chapter, like, she thought her and Renee were such different people when at the end of the day, like when they started talking years later, they had so much more in common that if you develop that safe space to truly talk about that with your friends and really get on some common ground, I think that's what builds deeper bonds and friendship. 100%. When you can get on that deeper level with someone and actually relate to things that they're going through. Because honestly, like if you don't, it's kind of fake to an extent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, totally superficial. It's superficial because it's like, what am I getting out of this? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what are we doing here? What's, what is the point here? Yeah, unless you're just, what's that word that I hate? Networking. <laughs> oh, unless you're networking, in which case that's about as deep as you're supposed to get. Right. Just networking. Extremely shallow. Right. And then what is this note? I wrote page 71. Let's go to page 71 and see. Oh, it was the end of the chapter where she says, in Los Angeles, this is her meeting Renee for this um, most recent time. In Los Angeles, we finished our drinks and walked outside where I waited for Renee to get an Uber. We hugged, made plans to meet again in New York or Texas. And by the time I got back to where I was staying, she texted me. It was great to see you. Made it back. Let me know that you did too. In other words, text me when you get home. Oh, I could tear up. <laughs> you Honestly. know what? Take it all back to text me when you get home. We're in this together. Right. 
we're not all that different. Mm-hmm. We care about one another. Right. You love to see it. You really do love to see it. And I think we can, me, Sam and I can relate to this whole chapter, Mean Girls and Nice Girls. Oh, God. <laughs> Taking it, let's take it back now to <laughs> our freshman year of college where, you know, a lot of people called us Mean Girls. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Which, like, they didn't call us Mean Girls because we were actually mean. They called us Mean Girls because sometimes we wear pink on Wednesdays just to be funny. Like, the funny thing about our friend group from freshman year was a lot of the cringy, as cringy as they were, things we did, we did it because we thought it was funny. Yeah, we were, it was all ironic, but because of that, it kind of caught on. It did catch on. Like, people noticed. (laughs) Like, we really didn't think anybody would notice what we were doing. Like, we thought this just be some inside joke that we'd look later on in life and be like, oh my gosh, remember when we did that? But, like, it actually caught on. And, like, there's people to this day that I talk to and it's like, hey, are you still friends with all those girls from freshman year? Like, when y'all used to, like, dress alike? Which, side note, half the time when we dressed alike, like, even if it was a few of us, it was totally accidental. But I think it's We shopped together. We (laughs) shopped together. <laughs> so I feel like we all had the same clothes. At the end of the day, like, it was like, oh, my gosh, that looks cute on you. Let me try it on. 100%. And then, you know, we just happened to wear it on the same day. It's so funny. It like, is. I didn't realize it was that noticeable until, until like, I hear the stories right. that other people will tell me. Right. Like, they had this perceived perceived perception of us Mm. as people because of these things that we did to to us seemed harmless wow but to them made such a difference on the way that they viewed us wow and that's kind of like when you say like the outside looking in Mm. like to us it was a joke but to Mm. everyone else around us it was actually something deep but that comes i feel like with that it's all about being confident in what you're doing like Mm -hmm. if we wanted to if we truly wanted to dress alike just to dress alike okay and Right. What's wrong with that? Like, right. please, please tell me what's wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> to this day, even four years later, what was wrong with that? I'm just so weak. Like, that's so funny. Yeah. And like, honestly, like, it if we're keeping it. Back. Right. If we're keeping it 1000, we're not even friends with all of those people anymore. Like, mm. we grew in different directions. Some of us, some of us are still friends. Some of us are still cool. Some of us are just cordial at this point. Some of us are just not friends. But that's okay. That's what happens as you grow and as you mature. Yes. And as you develop these different friendships with people. And, and the you memories realize, are still there. Yeah. The memory, like, I would never take back freshman year. Wow. Like, I look That's back a big on freshman statement. <laughs> but, like, freshman year was so life changing. And, like, again, if none of those things would have happened, would I still be the same person that I am today? Probably not. Yeah, you're right. You're right about that one. So, shout out to the 007, <laughs> which is like wow. another cringy thing we did. We named ourselves. <laughs> There were seven of us in the beginning. <laughs> right. Imagine seven girls walking around a college campus looking the same. Bro. Um, but we were, the crazy thing was we were all so diverse in our own ways, you know, like per, especially personality wise. Well, the thing about college is there's so much like, there's so much pulling you in a million different ways that it was kind of nice as freshmen where everything in our lives literally had changed. Literally to have a stable group of people to, Mm -hmm. you know, for even doing something as silly as 
dressing alike one day of the week, like that's a constant. Right. And sometimes you need those little small things to get you through. Right. And like freshman year, like we had developed ourselves as a family almost. Like we We looked out for each other. We looked out for each other. Mm -hmm. And that's something that you need and friendships. And like to this day, even for the ones that I'm not as close with anymore, maybe we're not even quote unquote friends anymore. Like Mm -hmm. I would still like, if you really needed me, I'd be there for you. You know what I mean? It's kind of that bond that we grew as freshmen Mm -hmm. that kind of stays to this day, even though we might've grown in different directions. Like I still care for you once upon a time. Mm -hmm. And if something were really bad happening, like I'm still human and I still want to help you. Yeah. And that's just like in my personal nature, like as, like as much beef as we might've had or as many fights as we might've gotten into, like put all that aside. Like if you need me, like, what can I do for you? I'll be a friend to you. I'll be a friend to you. Like I'll be human to you. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like not even being fake about it. Just like genuine. You need that. You really you do. That. You need mm-hmm. those people in your life. Like even like you might have those people in your life and you don't even realize it. Or sometimes you could be surprised and think you have that person Ooh. in your Here she life. Go. Here she go. Here she go. <laughs> uh, it's someone you least expected. Mm. That it happens. But again, it's one of those life lessons. You realize who's really there for you. And Only ones. Really not. And I think another thing this chapter talks about is feeling stuck in a relationship because it feels like you have to be in that relationship as friends. Like you feel a certain tie that you can't get out. And then also feeling like you need these people. Mm -hmm. And being afraid to be rejected by your own friends because you don't want to lose them. Mm -hmm. So you do what they want to do. And so there's all these things. And I feel like all these things that we've just said are red flags in a friendship or like, we'll tell you, can this friendship grow any further or is this where it needs to stop? Wow. See, that's a tough one. It is tough. It's something that it needs to be asked, mm-hmm. especially as you have less and less time for, mm-hmm. you know, like things. Right. Like you already have limited time to begin things. with. Right. Like, why are you letting this take up space in your world almost? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think those are something because like at the end of the day, you're not letting yourself grow as right. a person. And right. You're just they're, stuck. They're pulling you down. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's not good for Whew. anybody. Yeah, it's not. Um... And I don't know what I had on here. Bottom of 65. Let's skip to 65. Okay, let me see what I wrote. Oh, it's coming back to the term mean girl. So what did I write? Oh, so if you tell yourself something long enough, you'll start to believe it. Mm -hmm. So people were calling women who were, you know, probably cattier to each other and not the nicest mean girls and you know this it was a term mean girls but then there were you know things associated with being a mean girl that you know if someone's telling you you're these things long enough you'll truly start to believe it and even if you weren't to begin with you'll start to believe that you are so I think it's all about knowing yourself at the end of the day too like if someone's telling you this but you know it's not true like Mm -hmm. you have to have I guess strong enough willpower to tell them like you know what? Like, that's maybe how you think of this situation, mm-hmm. but that's not how I see myself. 
Yeah. And I'm not going to let that into my space. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a caveat to that, because if you really are, then you kind of got to own up to it at some point. Like, you Amy. realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, hopefully someone will call you out. Yeah, I feel like if, if you're if you're real, like you know that's your girl, and she call you out on something as much as you don't want to believe it, like you might have to sit down with yourself and be like, is there any truth to this? <laughs> Where did this come from? Where did this come from? I right. don't think she just made it up. Right. Yeah. Like you might be really upset in the moment because it might have hurt your feelings, but like sometimes you have to look back and be like, is there some truth to that? <laughs> There's, um, it's always good to self-reflect and to be self-aware. And if someone can help you speed along that process, I say that's a good friend. That is a good friend. And then kind of referencing back to what I was talking to, it talks about, you know, what I took from it is teaching teen girls that they don't have to be mean but they don't necessarily have to be nice all the time either. Wow. Like you have to have a nice balance to think. It's not either you're a mean girl or you're a nice girl. Ooh, you can see, be a blend a of both. Well. And be just yourself. Just, yeah. Like it doesn't have to just be like as simple as mean or nice, mm-hmm. you know? There's so much in between. Mm-hmm. Like you may be having a bad day and be kind of quiet. Mm-hmm. Or you might be having a bad day and be very loud and proud about it. Right. <laughs> so just like going through all these different life experiences without labeling people would be probably the best way to go about it. But um, naturally, you know, since they had to come out with this whole <laughs> me girls term. Right. We just have to remember that these stereotypes ultimately fall apart when you dig a little deeper. Right. So there's a part where it says, the truth is girls are no meaner or no nicer than anyone else. Um, and I mean, that seems so simple, but like. It's deep. It, it goes deeper because of what we see in, in what we in see in society media. and in the media mm-hmm. and what's shown to us about the differences between guys and girls. Yeah. Like we have to remind ourselves, like we're pretty much the same. Right. At the end of the day, when it comes to, like, the basis of life. Right. But there are certain things that make us different. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. So, that's something for me. Something to take away from Chapter 2. It's something to take away from Chapter 2. And another thing to take away from Chapter 2, if you know someone or if you are a teen girl or really I think this applies to anyone who's being bullied or mistreated or you feel like you don't have a safe space mm-hmm. um, please feel free to visit stopbullying.gov um, that is a really good resource on getting tools to handle your bully mm-hmm. and how to move forward in that situation and I think that's really important for us to highlight especially in this book and in this chapter and in life in general because right. what you're molded with is kind of what shapes you to be who you are. Mm-hmm. So if you can get help from the front of someone who's kind of putting you down and you know it, um, I think that's a good resource to have and just finding good people. I agree. Taking that step. Growth. Growth. And these are things that I feel like don't ever completely go away. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always going to be someone who could have been a little nicer to you in a situation or you could have been a little nicer in a certain situation. But Mm -hmm. just being able to kind of take a step back, realize Mm -hmm. we're all dealing with 
our own lives. Mm-hmm. You never know what someone else is going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to say like these experiences aren't super you know like not taking away from the emotion you're having about the experience but um I guess sometimes for me at least I can really obsess about the person that made me feel that way when I should really be like analyzing why it made Mm. me feel the way it made me feel right and I guess from there I'm always like okay now I know that I need to work on this part of myself mm-hmm. because it, it shouldn't affect me this deeply. Right. Um, and if it does, you know, that's just another reason to vent. Right. Another reason to talk to somebody. And healthy venting. Yes, healthy venting. Healthy. Um, but yeah, and you can usually end up finding people who, like Lana said, are a good support system and people that give you good sound advice let you talk don't interrupt you um and end up finding like a a close group of confidants right that way so I guess that's the one positive way to look at like (laughs) if you are having a really negative situation you may end up finding really close people that help you get through yeah well that's all I had for chapter two wow I feel like this was kind of a more somber chapter. It kind of was. I didn't think it would be because, you know, you think of the the term and even the movie Mean Girls and it's like it's funny. Like a, it's a funny movie. But like when sometimes when you deep dive into those topics, you realize it gets dark. It can get dark. But, you know, you got to bring yourself back to the light at the end of the day mm. and realize, OK, what can I take away from this? You know, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's what we've helped you Yes. do with this chapter mm-hmm. or um, just in general. So yeah. or maybe you have some advice for us that, you know, you want to get always looking for advice. Yes. Always. <laughs> always looking for different ways to grow. So if you have any suggestions, comments, concerns on anything that we talked about in this chapter, please feel free to reach out to us at chewelredqa at gmail.com. I feel like that's going to be my thing. Um, <laughs> Your whole, you need a whole t-shirt. A whole t-shirt. I'm going to make one. A whole t-shirt. <laughs> Wait on it. Um, but yeah, this has just been another episode of our favorite podcast, She Well Read. And we look forward to talking to you guys next week about chapter three. Woo! <laughs> Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube to stay in the loop of all things She Well Read. And remember, if you have anything to add, comment, suggest, feedback, send it all to shewellreadqa at gmail.com. And for any business inquiries, send us an email to shewellread at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe, download, and leave a review for today's episode and subscribe to us on any platform you listen to podcasts. We love you. Thanks again. Bye. Bye.